Welcome to Is Mean Is a Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Omar Lopez, and I'm joined with a big old birthday boy. Josh Hemo. My gosh, it is almost. Well, on that coast, it is. Technically, on the East Coast, it is Josh's birthday, which the day we're recording this, which is two days before you're going to hear it, hopefully, if I do my job. Um, but it is officially Josh Hemo's birthday in New York. So, yeah. Happy birthday, Josh. It is not here in California. How old are you now for all the listeners at home? I'm 26. I've passed that quarter-life crisis. 26. Not really, though. That's gross. It is kind of gross. You're only, like, slightly older than me, then. Yeah, only by, like, two weeks. Not okay. even... Yeah, no, it's, like, two weeks. Well, happy happy birthday. Thanks. Happy, uh... Technically, whenever this podcast exists it will always be your birthday in this actual moment but it won't actually be your birthday when you listen to this again it's kind of a weird melancholy feeling when i think about that anyways welcome to our podcast where we talk about spongebob reminisce cry and laugh and cry and laugh and maybe cry some more mostly and leave you with some stuff to think about yeah mostly crying um but let's not waste any more time with josh's birthday you know screw that don't want it's not all about Josh today, and let's just go right into this episode where we look at Season 2, Episode 7, Pre-Hibernation Week and Life of Crime. Act 1, Pre-Hibernation Week. So, in this act, SpongeBob is helping Sandy prep for hibernation and kind of accidentally volunteers to keep her company while she makes the most out of her like last hours of being awake. So, obviously, Sandy goes way too hard in typical Sandy fashion. Gets all crazy and then Spongebob bails and hides from Sandy, causing her to look all over Bikini Body for him. And of course, overdoing it with that too. So eventually he gets caught. But yeah, it's a pretty, uh, pretty crazy episode. A lot of really memorable lines in this act, I feel. Yeah. Again, season two coming through with all these like very memorable things. Yeah, exactly. I think season two, right now it's turning out to be like the all-star season for me. We'll yeah. figure out. I think season three is a pretty close one. So uh, we'll see at the end of season three how we feel about it. But uh, to get us started, Josh, I want to know, do you did you ever have that friend growing up that was like too crazy for you? I don't think so, no. Um, I mean, I had like groups of friends that would like, in high school that would like do drugs or whatever. I guess that was like too crazy. But now that I think about it, it was like, wasn't that super crazy. Yeah, because it was just like weed. Yeah. They weren't doing like crazy cocaine or nothing. Exactly. So That makes sense. Mine was kind of the same way. I didn't hang out with a lot of crazy people. Like I had like, I kind of think of it like a peripheral view of some crazy people I would hang out with. Like I would be like, oh, hey, what's up? And then they go do crazy shit, but they would never involve me in it. I think the craziest thing that ever happened is one time we were at a store with this girlfriend that I had and she decided to like, steal like uh you know like those things that you make in camp those boondoggle things yeah whatever that string is she just she like pulled some off the thing and just like ripped it because they had like the spools and then she just kept it it was weird hardcore yeah and then we just got in the car with my mom and she was like where did she get those from and i was like she just took them off the thing and she's like so she stole them and i was like oh i guess when you put it that way (laughs) 
<laughs> which actually relates a lot to the second half of this episode, but we'll we'll visit that again. Yeah. Um, one great thing that I really love about this episode being a metalhead is that they feature Pantera throughout the entire episode, which is also a band from Texas, which so is very fitting for Sandy. Which is really awesome. I thought it was really cool to include like an actual metal band for the music for this episode. Yeah. And it just gets, it's such an intense song and it's really great that it's like woven into the narrative. Yeah. So I'm wondering, like, if you can do any extreme sport, Omar, what would you decide to do? I don't know. I think I could really get into either, I'm thinking like snowboarding would be cool, but I don't even know if that's extreme anymore because like skateboarding always- I think that's pretty vanilla now. Yeah. Skateboarding always seemed really cool to me. But like I was never good at it, and I feel like snowboarding isn't easier, but like it has less, um, like I don't think it'd fuck you up as much when you hit the ground. Like you just hit snow, which seems a little nicer than like scraping your apple, your like sc- scraping your elbows, elbows like all over concrete. I feel like I hear more people breaking their necks and breaking limbs and shit when they're snowboarding or skiing compared to like skateboarding, though. That makes sense. The one thing I do want to at least try, but I also don't know if I would commit to it as like a hobby is skydiving. 100%. Yeah. I think that would be like the most extreme I would go. But I don't know. I'd have to be one of those people who like, I have to try it first and then hopefully be like really into it. But it sounds like a real rich person hobby. Yeah. You gotta have some money (laughs) in order to do that. (laughs) Or your own private plane. What about you? (laughs) Any extreme sports? I thought BMX was really cool. Or like really crazy mountain bike stuff. I think it would be really oh, awesome. Like, like that Red Bull stuff where they're like on the edge of like a mountain. Yeah. Going on like a trail like 40 miles an hour. And yeah, you're yeah, just yeah. Like, How are you not dead? Yeah. That'd be awesome, I think. Otherwise, I don't really know. I don't really think there's anything else I can think of at the moment. Yeah. So on the whole like uh, like extreme sports thing, the stuff that Sandy does is really insane. And I really like the fact that she goes like sandboarding or clamboarding, I guess you would call it. And like she just catches fire and then catches like a person on fire and turns like the sand into glass. That's it's nuts. Some crazy science behind that. She must have been going super fast for her to do that. Exactly. Heat up and, sand a lot in order to turn it to glass. And then those just again, it's those frames. There's so many frames in this episode that are just really intense. Like even the fact that she uh, flies by that dude and then he's <laughs> riding the tricycle all of a sudden turns into a kid that happens twice yeah twice in the episode and then again the person on fire is like a meme it's just really intense yeah why is that guy dressed as a kid on a tricycle like it wasn't like she transformed him into that that was a that kind of a choice on his part and he can say maybe. he can explain he has like uh maybe he's like those there are men out there who like like to wear like lingerie under stuff. Maybe that's his kink. Maybe, yeah. Maybe it's like a a, a mom like small child kink that he has. That's a little it it makes me uncomfortable emotionally, but I'm I mean whatever floats his boat. We're not here to kink shame. I guess. I do <laughs> feel bad cuz it seemed like he was on a date. Yeah. She was hardcore and judging. And then when he's in the house alone, he's doing it again. So I don't think that date went very well after that. Yeah. Just by himself. Got a dollar for every time that happened to me. Yikes. <laughs> <laughs> so, Omar, I know you ran into this earlier since I know that you and uh, Tima, the intern, have been working out. But how do you avoid 
getting your muscles sore because I know Sp- SpongeBob was suffering a lot from that in this episode. So do you have any advice for the people back home? I actually put that as my small lesson. So earlier earlier this week, uh, I went a little bit too hard too soon. I used to work out a lot when I was in high school, and I made the mistake of thinking I could kind of go that hard again. And I was like, I'm just using machines. I'm doing okay. But then I kind of fucked myself up because I wasn't broken. Like, I didn't hurt myself. But, like, I couldn't really move. And then I was about to be on a shoot the next day. It was pretty bad. I had to, like, just drink a bunch of water and ice and heat my inner thighs because <laughs> that's where I was sore. I Like, I look like an old man who had just taken a dump in a diaper. And when SpongeBob is, like, dragging his legs across the ground, that's kind of how yeah, I pictured w- you. That was me. Yeah. <laughs> like, a 100%. And when I was watching that, I was like, oh, my God, if only I had watched this episode last week. <laughs> Then I could have been like, oh, maybe you shouldn't do that. Could avoid it. And it would have been, you know, a lot better. I got this really interesting perspective of when Sandy's talking about, oh, it's a mammalian thing. I kind of got like this weird feeling, and maybe it's because I'm reading a book about white fragility right now, that I was like, it's kind of like a like a black person or like any person of color, like trying to talk to a white person. They're like, oh, well. I would like to do that. And they're like, oh, well, it's kind of like a a person of color thing. Not really like a, a white person thing. I don't know if that's a breach, but it felt like that to me. Uh, I don't know. I can kind of see it. Might be a little bit of reach since it's like a whole different species type of thing. <laughs> yeah. But it's funny. I thought his response, SpongeBob's response. Yeah, where he's like, I am all my male. Yeah. <laughs> Again, just really good lines in this whole thing. Solid. Yeah, and even like, so when she gets the entire town, I was like impressed that she was able to get the entire town to go look for SpongeBob. Like, both yeah. on her part and on the, like, all of Bikini Bottom, like, it's very nice of them to, like, care enough to go look for SpongeBob. Mm-hmm. But, like, she did not follow that 48-hour rule that the police do. Absolutely not. She did not she keep just... calm under pressure at all. No, she just went way too hard. And I think it's just, like, I don't know. I really related to her because I, when you have like a deadline of some sort, then you want to get all these things done that you didn't really think about doing. You know, like I do a lot when I plan like parties with people. I'm like, oh, like, oh, I'm going to clean the entire house. And then suddenly I'm cleaning. I'm like, well, I should also reorganize my entire closet because, you know, I'm already here cleaning. Right. And it's not actually useful to the actual situation I'm doing. That productive procrastination. But I also have to like realize that you kind of have to roll with the punches. And that's something that I realize like through work a lot. Like we have plans to like deadlines to get stuff done, but sometimes it doesn't happen. Like by the time we get into tech for a show and half the scenery is not up or you don't have a lot of like queuing done and stuff like it's like it just you got to roll with the punches. And like I think that's part of life is just yeah. going by. And that's something that Sandy, I think, has to learn. And also how to like read the signs that like her friends aren't able to keep up with her you know that's a, that was a big lesson for her i think mm-hmm. is that she should be able to see that spongebob is, is uncomfortable and i think it's hard for some people to see how people are to see that people are uncomfortable and not and not know how to respond to it but also on and spongebob's then, part he should be able to speak up and talk to his friends like don't be afraid to say like yeah to, to hit on much. both those points when you were talking about like you know being at work i was literally at a gig the other day and the person who was talking to me was just like, sometimes you need to aim for B plus. And it's like a hard thing to think about, like, especially when you're kind of like a bit of a perfectionist, but 
you do kind of have to do that where you're like, okay, I have to aim for good enough sometimes because I can't one afford anything better or two, like I don't have the time to do anything better. It's a lot of time. It's just the time. Yeah. Yeah. And then just on the whole like friendship and understanding your friends, like I, the small lessons I got were like, okay, honesty is important, which we've seen a lot in SpongeBob where he's just a lot of moments where it's just like, I could have just told so-and-so what was going on. Then also like finding friends who challenge your lifestyle. Cause SpongeBob like really embraced that whole situation. Um, but like he didn't know his limits and that was like the big thing. Yeah. Well, it's, it's very important to know your limits and have those boundaries too. So even if you have like, it is good to have people challenging your lifestyle. So you're not doing the same mundane stuff all the time and like experiencing new stuff. But if you're doing something that makes you uncomfortable, don't do it. Yeah. I can't believe that they went, uh, like swimming in the ice river situation. How did she swim? She was an icicle. I don't understand. I don't know. I know like I made the whole person of color like reference earlier, but like in that particular moment, I was like, Sandy's like one of those basic white girls who like wakes up at the crack of dawn, goes out, works out and then comes home and then is like, I'm drinking my fit tea and then does <laughs> and then does yoga immediately after and then goes out and is like, look at how perfect my life is. She ran me like an Instagram fitness guru in those moments. I agree. <laughs> like like smushed in with like a red bull person who's like i'm gonna just jump off the plane the yeah just a giant yeah. junkie yeah yeah it it was nuts um oh and then that perfect moment where he's like this is a load of barnacles. yeah that was, was like just quintessential meme from this episode for sure yeah that and the who are you people that he like screams mm-hmm. at the very end that brings up a point how long was patrick gone that he didn't notice all these people were in his house well, it looked like he was like on an errand. Like he was like, I. He looked like he got like ice cream cone and groceries and. But SpongeBob was gone for days, and he not knows that SpongeBob was just hiding in, under his rock. I don't know. Maybe it's like New York, where he had to go to like some specialty market in a different neighborhood different city. <laughs> maybe he took a maybe he took a bus somewhere. Went to Rock Bottom or something. Yeah. Yeah. He's got to hang out. Towards the end, SpongeBob, when he's about to confess to Sandy about the whole, you know, that he doesn't actually can't play with her anymore or whatever. One thing that I always quote where I'm like, I am a man. <laughs> and I quote it a lot. I'll be like, like, oh, got to lift this stuff. And I'm like, I am a man. And it contributes to toxic masculinity, but it is nice. It's like a, a little word of encouragement for me. And I feel like any gender can use it. Yeah. Let's reclaim, let's reclaim it for anything, anybody. Or it's just like being an adult, I think is the same thing. It's like, I am an adult. Like I you can... <laughs> get through a situation and not have to worry about like hurting someone's feelings or like I don't know offending someone just say what you need to say mm-hmm. in that situation yeah my favorite Sorry. part one of my favorite parts of the episode definitely was that rim shot that live but, action oh, rim shot <laughs> <laughs> yeah he's like we're going fly fishing I read on the wikipedia that I think it is the second time to have a comedy drummer gag and the first time was in culture shock um also a lot of repeats in this one so like in the second episode um spongebob says this girl's trying to kill me so it's the second time he's done that because the first time he did it in muscle bob buff pants Mm -hmm. and then he also says yeah like when he lands off the mountain in the same way that he does muscle bob buff pants so it makes me think that they like copy and pasted those sounds over probably (laughs) also this whole episode got me really thinking because i also walk around new york and i'm always like i thought squirrels hibernate because of spongebob 
I always thought like squirrels like hibernated for a long time. Apparently they don't. I googled it. Okay. That explains a lot. That explains why there's so many freaking squirrels by your park. Yeah, I'm always like, I thought you guys are asleep right now. And it turns out they do like um I actually found a really nice website. It's called squirrelnutrition.com <laughs> uh, and they said squirrels do not hibernate in the winter, but they do not like the bitter cold weather, so they will stay hunkered down in their den or um when it's really cold, opting to stay warm with their friends rather than venture out, which is the biggest and closest explanation to my life in New York when it's winter that I've ever seen. It's like, same, yeah. Do not want like, to leave the house. It's too cold. Yeah, there's multiple times I've been like, I'm not going out. It's cold. I don't feel like it. And it's not even that cold. It's just like, it's just cold enough that I don't want to it's do it. It's better to be comfy. Yeah. But apparently, uh, another fun fact about squirrels that they estimate that they bury around three years worth of food every summer and fall to prepare for winter. Nice. Which, that's a ton of food. It takes a lot I of mean, prep. I just, that means just Sandy's a slacker. She's waited to the last minute to get all this done. Yeah, a little procrastination. Uh, it's a mammalian thing, I guess. <laughs> Bubble break, are you ready? I'm ready. I, 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 didn't, I can't hear you. I'm ready. I'm ready. All right, so keeping with the theme of the first act, I wanted to talk more about adrenaline-seeking behavior and try to either mention something crazy that we did when we were younger or just, like, stuff that we we were, like, into. But it has to be kind of extreme. So no uh, coupon clipping. That's what I was like, go to. Or penny collecting. (laughs) Or Pokemon cards. (laughs) Pokemon cards or Yu-Gi-Oh! So what do you got, Josh? So I'm definitely a big coaster person. I really, really love roller coasters, which I thought was a normal thing or like more popular. But I realize going to like amusement parks and stuff with people, it's not. Like there's a lot of my friends that really don't care for coasters and family. I care. I don't know. For me, it depends on certain roller coasters. I've gotten more. I used to be a big weenie about roller coasters, but I definitely now... I don't think I am, but I've never been to like a Six Flag where like the roller coasters are like the attraction. Hella extreme. Oh yeah. I'm a very much like a Disneyland kid where it's like the hardest roller coaster is like Space Mountain or Sc- California Screaming. Yeah. Yeah. And even then, like California Screaming's pretty baby esque for a roller coaster yeah. compared to like Six Flags. There's some crazy stuff in like Knott's Berry Farm, or there's like I was at Hershey Park in Pennsylvania, mm-hmm. and they had some big coasters there. I guess I've been to a couple amusement parks, yeah, but I'm always, like, go-to coaster person. So that's just, like, a general thing. I did do some four-wheeling back at, like, freshman year of uh, college, mm-hmm. but in a car that really wasn't set up to be a four-wheel car. <laughs> I mean, it had it, but I don't think that... It was, like, a Nissan No, 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 it was, like, a, it was, like, a, it was like a, what was it, a GMC Jimmy. So it, like, had four-wheel capability, but I don't know what was wrong with it. I guess it didn't work. Um, but I did get my car stuck twice. So I got oh, it stuck God. once. We were able to tow it or get it out of there. And the second time it got stuck, um, after my friend who I was four wheeling with had flipped his truck and his tire had oh fallen off basically. So we f- unflipped his truck and he drove back on three wheels and I tried to drive my car out, but then got mine stuck and had to actually call like a tow place to get it out. And that's, that was so, not great. How'd you flip over a truck? Climbing rocks on the in the truck, like it literally was. No, just... I'm saying, how'd you flip it back over? Oh, uh, oh man, how do we do it? It was, was like there like another truck. No, 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 no. It was it? like 
think we used some like ratchet straps and like tied it uh, some rocks and something. So we just ratchet strapped it so much until it, so much pressure pulled the truck back ah, over. Ah, I see. That's actually pretty smart. Yeah. Yeah. That's not too bad. Well, but it was, was the very... top of the truck like crushed? No, I don't. I think the only thing that was crushed was like the window, but the like axles broke and like the wheel, of course, was like all or destroyed and stuff so it wasn't great and how then, old was your friend uh i think we were both 19 18 at the time something like that oh so his parents didn't beat the shit out of him no mm-mm, no that's crazy yeah i think my parents would have like stabbed me <laughs> like not for real it was, it was but, a like, crappy truck I mean, emotionally like, stabbed yeah me. yeah i don't i think i don't know if they did my parents didn't like really like say anything like they were like oh i can't believe you did this but I was the one that paid for like the tow truck to come out and mm. get it untowed and or get it towed and stuff. So I was like, it's not that big a deal. And the car wasn't like super; it wasn't damaged, so it was fine. That's good. See, I think if I came back with a damaged car, then I told my parents like, "Oh, it's just a crappy blank." They would have been like, "Well, I guess you don't deserve it then," and uh-huh. they would just take it away. Hundred percent. Yeah. How about you? Let's see. A lot of the stuff I did when I was younger, like if it was crazy, like I did go bungee jumping at a state fair. Which was wonderful. I actually really enjoyed it. But like when you think of a state fair, you don't really think of safety practices. Absolutely not. But like things that I always do would be like reckless crap with like my body. So like I would be, we used to play like tag a lot um, at night. And I remember specifically like multiple times I'd be like, we had these little uh, car garages situation that were separate from people's houses. And we would be running around the park. And one time I, w- I got cornered. But instead of like running away from the car garage, I ran into the car garage and jumped like on the conduit and got onto the roof of the car garage. And then, of course, I was cornered on the roof, but I used that as a opportunity to run, jump off the roof of this car garage, roll, and then get away. So you invented parkour is what you're saying. A hundred percent. So <laughs> you can YouTube Omar's parkour gymnastics camp and you too can sign up for breaking your body in ways that you can't undo <laughs> great great but yeah other, other than that i don't think i did anything else crazy like i would it would be a lot of stuff like that where it's like why did you run across that thing and why did you jump over something else because it wasn't like true parkour it wasn't like cool flips and stuff it was just like i gotta get over here and jump over this ow i hurt myself i'm gonna keep running though because i'm an <laughs> elastic child so. And my bones never hurt. It's fine. Yeah, my bones. <laughs> and then 40 years from now, like my body's going to be like, hey, remember that time you jumped off that roof? Well, feel this. <laughs> Act two, life of crime. So in this episode, SpongeBob and Patrick decide to borrow a balloon after learning from Mr. Krabs that borrowing things is okay. So they borrow it. <laughs> it explodes. They realize that they stole this balloon and go off. They try to run off the grid and they run into the wilderness. They get in this big fight. And decides, like, now they got to turn themselves in. So they eventually turn themselves in just to realize it was actually free balloon day. And they were never in trouble at all. Classic. Yeah. Um, To start off, did you ever steal anything, Omar? No. The only things I steal are, like, already free. Like, almost identical to, like, the situation. Mm -hmm. Like, except I know that they're free. So I'm always like, well, here I am at this luncheon. And I know that all these bagels are free, so... And I know they're going to go to waste, so I'm just going to put a bunch in my purse kind of situation. That's fair. That's not really stealing. That's just being yeah. greedy. 
<laughs> yeah, the, and then again, uh, when my girl, when my ex girlfriend stole, stole stuff from that, I won't say what craft store, but it starts with an M, ends with an Eichels. <laughs> it was bad. Better than me. I don't think I've ever stolen anything before. You stole my heart. Oh, happy birthday, Josh. Thank you. <laughs> but uh, no, I don't think I've ever stolen anything like oh, that. I can really think of. It's not to say I haven't thought about it. I don't know. Yeah. There's sometimes you're just like walking like, through like an antique this. store and you're just like, I can just take this. That's fine. I've just never, I've been lucky to never need something that badly or want something that badly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, unless you can't like, you know how sometimes people steal grapes from, from like the store? Yeah. Like stuff like that I think is the closest I'll get, but I don't think I even do that nah. regularly. Mm-mm. I don't know. I don't get it. I just don't get it. Why would you steal something that you could just buy? For the thrill. I don't know. I don't feel a lot of thrill. I'm just like, what if I get arrested? And <laughs> That'd be bad. Man. Um, I do like the stuff that Mr. Krabs steals, though. He stole a towel from the Sizzling Spring sauna, a bikini bell phone, Sandy's hedge clippers, a lawnmower, and Mrs. Puff's curler. So do you think he actually stole Mrs. Puff's curlers, or do you think that those were actually a gift like he says he seems really attached to those curlers that's what he's holding there's a future episode where i think they date yeah so it makes a lot of sense that maybe like maybe they were a gift or maybe i don't know maybe he was like a creepy boyfriend who was like he took a memento and he like kept it yikes oh (laughs) yeah some stalker stuff add that to the list of mr krabs crimes the hedge clippers and the lawnmower, though, seem like something that happens pretty normally where you're like, I'm going to borrow this. Oh, yeah, that's okay. And then you just keep it by accident. Yeah. Well, it seems hard, especially in the, in case of stealing like Sandy's um, hedge clippers, because you would have to mm-hmm. get inside her house and have like a way to breathe air and stuff. So I don't think that realistically that he really stole those. Maybe he was in her house already and he did take them. I don't know. Yeah. And then... Okay, I wanted to bring up this debate. Do you think it's okay to borrow something that someone won't miss? Like what? What's an example? Like, okay, so say you had, I don't know. Let's just say that you had a a pair of hedge clippers that I really needed. And then I was over at your house and I was like, I'm just going to go pick, I'm going to take these because Josh never uses these hedge clippers. Go to cut my hedges, and then come back and then take it back to you. Like, if we were next-door neighbors, you know? I, I think it depends on the relationship. Like, I would 100% would not mind that, you know, knowing if I had a friend do it, or even, like, roommates and stuff. I think that's a very good, like, roommate situation where you're, like, you know, your roommate has something or, like, mm-hmm. food or, like, toiletries or something in their room that they need to borrow. Yeah. Maybe they're not home, and you just borrow it. I mean, it depends on the relationship, but most of the times it's okay as long as you're, like, friends with them. I know I definitely do that. I've definitely done that before. If you consider that stealing, then I've stolen in that way where I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to borrow this and use it, and then I'm going to give it back without them even knowing that it was gone. Yeah. If you have shit that you have and you just, like, don't use it ever, I don't know. It feels weird. Yeah. Yeah, it feels weird. I'm like, why do you have it? It's like one of those like hoarder situations. Yeah, it's like a it's a fine line. I think it's not really stealing. I, I guess. Mm-hmm. I don't know. What do you guys think? You let us know. Yeah, definitely let us know because I think it just comes down to if the person would notice. 
Exactly. Like, I have a yeah. tripod that I barely use, but if someone took it from my house, I would notice. But, like, if I had a bunch of gear that I never used and someone took the tripod and then returned it and I never even noticed, then that seems fine for me. Yeah. I think it all depends. It, it, it does, I guess. <laughs> but I don't know. But do you confess to a crime that's, like, no biggie like that? I don't think if it's... Like, a- without getting caught. Because, like, SpongeBob no, and Patrick were, like, we stole a balloon. It's not really hurting and- anyone. It didn't hurt anyone. But it's also, like, I guess what you're able to handle on your conscience, right? I think that's yeah. something that, like, SpongeBob and Patrick are both very kind of childlike. And we've seen that that's mm-hmm. their characters. That's who they are. So I can see how, like, the act of stealing something, especially something as simple as a balloon, would weigh on them pretty heavily, you know? I mean, they yeah. ran away. They ran and were going to drop off the grid for <laughs> just for stealing a balloon. <laughs> it was crazy. And then the thing is, like, no one was searching for them. I no. think that's the big thing. And it's, I, I don't know. It makes me think, like, okay, so if you're at a big corporation and you take, like, you know, paper clips, no one's keeping track of those paper clips. It's a, it's a weird ethical debate, I think, because yeah. you're technically stealing from the company, right? Um, yeah. But, yeah, no one's going to miss it. It's more of, again, what you can live with. And no, it's not right, but... But I also have, like, a hard time, too, of, like, treating companies as, like, people that care about you. Because we've talked about it before where, like, your employer cares about you to an extent, but does not care about you to the extent that you wish they did. Yeah. You know? Because in, in, in my head, they would be friends and be like, yeah, sure, take some paper clips. It's not going to cost me much. Unless you take, like, a thousand boxes of paper clips. Right. Yeah, it's, yeah. All, it's all just weird, like, gray area and doesn't really make... I don't know. And I think The Office, there's an episode of The Office where um, H.R. Holly uh, tries to do like an ethical talk with them. And that's something he talks about is it's like taking a couple paper clips is technically a mm-hmm. crime, even though it doesn't really hurt anyone. It is technically like ethical theft or whatever. Yeah. And it's something with like work too. There's like such thing as like time theft too. It's like when you're not, when you're at work and you're just like around. Or you're taking a big old on the clock. Yeah. And you actually just play on your phone. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. You're doing both. You're taking a shit and then you're spending the rest of the time on your phone. Yeah, exactly. So, but then it, I, I don't know. Like, this is going to lead down a rabbit hole, but it's like one of those things like, if you're at work and you can around that much and get your entire job done, then like, why are you at work? And maybe it's my millennial way of thinking that like that nine to five work day where you're not doing anything but like for two hours of the day, it's like, why the fuck are you there? Yeah. Yeah, it's just like structure. It's the same thing with school, though. I mean, even with school, yeah. like sometimes you go to class and you're really not doing anything, but you still got to be there. You still got to be accounted for. And I think it's the same thing at work. Like you have to be present just in case you're needed and to kind of like make sure the company, like you're worth something to the company. Yeah, but I guess I wouldn't reprimand someone for being like on Facebook at work. Like, are you getting your work done? Yes. Are you getting it done on time? Yes. Okay, cool. Then do whatever the f*** you want yeah. in between hours. And it also depends yeah. on the situation. Like, if we're in tech, and even though you're not doing anything, like, you're on standby, I wouldn't want someone on Facebook. I would still reprimand someone and be like, hey, like, can you not, just in case? Yeah. It's, I don't know. I feel like that is, like, an awareness that you you have to be ready. Yeah. Which, in, in that point, that it's your job. That's your job, to be ready yeah. right now. Whereas if you're at like work on the computer and it's like, okay, well, I'm doing nothing. It's just like how in Spongebob where he's like, I don't know, what do you want to yeah. do today? And they're walking around looking like idiots. Like, it's like that where it's like, okay, well, what do I have to do today? Well, I don't know. What is there to do today? 
I don't know. What do you want me to do today? Like, I don't know. It's, I think it's different for person to person. I think that's why companies do it. I mean, yeah, you can be one person who can get something done in like two hours out of a nine to five day. But there are some people who literally take that entire time to get a very simple job done, right? Sounds like they should get fired. <laughs> well, it's the thing. That's, that's their time. They have that time to get their work done. And otherwise, like, I don't know. So it's it's weird. It's weird. I don't know. Let's go back to free stuff. Um, I also think this episode is a great example of like how much free stuff ends up actually being kind of sh- depending on what it is. Like if it's free food, like whatever, it's usually a toss up, right? But if it's like free swag, it's always like not gonna last as long as normal. Probably the swag. cheapest material they could possibly make it out of, right? Exactly. Yeah. Like the balloon popped like. Two seconds after them having it. I mean, technically, the pressure of the oceans on that balloon. So it, it's amazing it lasted <laughs> as long as it did. That's a, like the physics in this episode. Yeah, because the balloon pops, I guess. They also, and then the underwater awareness the, where they're the like, fire that's their fire. Yeah, and it instantly goes out, which is the first time they bring it up, though. Because we've seen, we've seen the fire in other episodes of SpongeBob. So, yeah. And then he just kicks it and then just catches yeah. fire again. <laughs> which, I mean, that's possible. Which is, leads me to a small lesson, which is put out your fire properly. There's a way to do it. I think you pour water on it and throw dirt on it or something like that. Or I don't Google. know. Google yeah. it. I don't know that. I'm not an outdoorsy person. <laughs> it is. Yes. You put water on it and you smother it with dirt or whatever is in the like fire pit or usually whatever. Campfire. And then you poop on it. You poop mm, on it. If you lot. want, I guess. <laughs> that's a choice. But I think another lesson for that little moment is learn how to survive outdoors because they were not doing very well. Well, I also had a lesson is like everyone should have some sort of emergency pack, you know, ready to go, especially a, I think a go bag, a go bag. Yeah, because anything can happen, you know, especially if you live in like a big city and stuff, anything can literally happen at any time. There could be like your place can catch on fire. You got to grab something to go. Or like, all right, all right, Josh. But like, here's the real question: Do you have a go bag, Mister? I don't. Hypocrite? No, no, no. I don't have a we go need, bag. But I'm just saying we that we need to build should, one. Yeah. When you come back, we'll build a go bag. I know that my parents do, though. So like, there are people that have them, but that's crazy. I don't know what I would put in my go bag. Just like clothes and water and stuff. I think it's the main thing. Or even if you don't have a go bag, like make sure you're stocking up on like canned goods. Like if you have a house and stuff. Because you never know what can happen. Speaking of preparing, SpongeBob, when he's like the National Bank of SpongeBob or something like that, and then is he part fucking leprechaun where he just jumps, rides a rainbow to his bank? You summon which that apparently rainbow. Apparently, it's just a pot of gold. Summon that rainbow, and this, this is the second time I know in SpongeBob's like entirety that he does. He, the other one's the Imagination episode, which I think is a couple seasons ahead. Yeah. But I think that's his like another one of his godlike powers. He can just summon rainbows. He's like a unicorn. Do you think he's part leprechaun or is that you think it's just a godlike power? Maybe it's just like godlike power. He can reflect reflect reflect? What am I trying to say? He can refract light in a way to yeah. make rainbows. I can see that. Um also another good moment is the whole buns and thighs situation. Oh yeah, another live action moment. <laughs> I was really surprised how quickly my brain remembered it because, like, I didn't really think about it the entire episode. That this was the episode that has that, mm-hmm. and then he is just like, "Oh, that's how you get strong buns and thighs." And then immediately in time, I was like, "Yeah, buns and thighs." And then apparently Patrick shaves his thighs. Yeah, 
how progressive <laughs> progressive starfish we have so if you were to drop off the grid like they mentioned mm-hmm. all the things that they're going to miss and everything what would be your number one or like top three things that you would miss how how far off the grid am i doing like a? you just killed someone and you can never be found again you oh so like i have to go to like the woods and yeah like hidden or like yeah completely Let's different see. identity like you gotta leave you gotta drop everything go I think the biggest thing would be internet. Uh, I would probably steal like steal a dog since I'm already off the grid. Um, so I don't really need people as much. Um, but I guess I guess a little bit of the social aspect, dating, because I don't think I'd bring I'd be able to bring Tima. So, so yeah, I would be I would miss the internet, <laughs> dating, and then I don't know, probably something really arbitrary like something like a Michela from a certain spot that I can't go to anymore <laughs> like that. What about you? I think the internet's pretty good. Sad that that's how much like we all rely on the internet so much nowadays. It's like something we'll miss. But it's true. It's like, it's a big part of our lives. Definitely like social aspects. So like probably couldn't talk to family or friends again. Right. I had to start life. No, new. Not. That'd be crazy. I can't even, I don't know. And like, I don't know, like any kind of personal, I objects I have like stuff that I've collected or um mm-hmm. yeah I don't know just things I have like I'd never be able to see any of that again unless I put in my go bag and <laughs> you put a whole person in your go bag I put my little sister in my <laughs> go bag <laughs> no uh for me though I feel like if I did something that bad that I needed to you know drop off the grid whatever that personal stuff would be the least of my problems yeah, but i miss it that's the thing i'd be at least my problems 100 yeah. percent. but eventually i'd miss all that stuff right like you don't need the internet when you're dropping off the grid like you just have to get out of there but you'd miss it yeah. eventually yeah i guess so for me i'm just like okay like i'm off the grid i'm stuck here like i really wish i had the internet to find out if i'm still like a big deal to find or like two i wish there was someone here i could talk to so that way i could ask about what's going on and then three, I really wish I could have that Michelada <laughs> and just be a normal person again. You know, I think it's more about what it represents. Fair enough. Yeah. yeah. Um, one thing I do want to bring up before we finish this act is the way SpongeBob he said talk before. You nasty. I've never, I've never been so turned on in my life. Oh God, that was the opposite. <laughs> the, the turned off reverse started flossing through his like ears with it i was like what are you doing dude my favorite part is when he bites it and like he grinds his teeth on it and it's like two shavings on it it's so gross (laughs) and then just the way he licks it which we've seen spongebob multiple times like lick things in odd ways yeah that's true so it's a weird fetish i have spongebob licking things fair enough you do you my favorite line by far, though, in this is when Patrick calls him Flatfoots. <laughs> which one of you oh, Flatfoots? Yeah. Right at the very end, which one of you Flatfoots? That's a good insult. We should start using that. Yeah. Because you actually are Flatfooted, right? So I can do that. It's not offensive. Flatfoot. <laughs> Ready for that big old lesson this week? Oh, yeah. Big old lesson. Big old lesson this week. What do you got? I got. Who your friends are influence your path in life. Wow, I like that. Because in the first one, if it wasn't for Sandy, SpongeBob would never have done the extreme things that he did. And then in the second one, if it wasn't for Patrick, he would have never stolen the balloon. Or even I would say 
I would argue Mr. Krabs is really the influence because Mr. Krabs introduced the idea of borrowing. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I actually talked about this the other day at dinner with some friends where some people like grew up around people who were like doing heroin and stuff and thinking so closely on like how if you had just been like, okay, I'm going to go hang out with this person and then just try like a line of Coke, how different your life would be. Yeah. Or like if there was someone in high school who took to you a little bit more than someone else, like that's basically how people get in gangs and stuff, you know, it's true. Or like like other crazy situations. It depends on, yeah, who you hang out with. That's why I think parents like are a little overprotective when it comes to like friends in like, I don't know, K through 12, basically. Rightfully so, in yeah. my opinion. I would like, and now I, it really makes sense why my parents are always like, oh, who are you going to hang out with? And who's that again? And who are their parents? Like, you don't have to meet their parents, but like, it's nice to know. Yeah. It's nice to know, like, oh, this is this kid crazy? And not even like, okay, so I use like the classic examples of like, oh, my friends do a lot of drugs or my friends like, you know, are gangbangers, like stuff like that. But it can also be in the opposite way where it's like, you know, stuff that you don't really think of, like, oh, my friends sell, you know, fit tea and they got me roped into Mary Kay or stuff like that, where it's like pyramid schemes where it seems really in- innocent, but then it's not. Or my friends are bodybuilders and now I'm a bodybuilder. Or just like, again, it's a positive or negative. Too. It's like all listen to the same music or watch the same shows or like, you know, all that. Mm-hmm. It's very make much, fun of the same people. Yeah, it's all it's all influenced by people you're with a lot of the times. And yeah, you have your own like ways of expressing yourself and your own personality. But I think it's especially like prevalent as a kid. And again, like that's why parents are so weary about it because as a kid, you're still like forming your own opinions. And so what your friends are doing, you're gonna try it. You're like you don't know any better, and you don't really have those boundaries set up yet. Like I don't know, you don't really build those boundaries until later on in life. You don't have that personality. Yeah. All right, Josh, what did you get? Uh, I got this symbol this week. It was like, don't run for your problems. And that's exactly what mm-hmm. SpongeBob did in both of these episodes. Instead of like confronting the issue in like part in the first act, he ran away, hid in it underneath uh, Patrick's house and mm-hmm. let Sandy go on this big rampage instead of just owning up to the fact that he wasn't comfortable doing these things anymore. The second part, like, they stole a balloon and ran away, and that's, like, most irrational thing they could have done. Like, just own up to it. Or if you don't have any money, just, like, tell the guy, like, hey, you stole this balloon, you know? And or, it's like, just... don't even say anything. Or don't. <laughs> but, like, if it's if you're that, like, torn up about it, then, like, it's fair. Like, you just say something, but don't, I don't know, don't let it get so awful that you run away from all your problems, right? It's confront yeah. them. Because, again, they're going to build up. a lot of people up. like that. Yeah. They just run away and they're like, I don't, I don't want to deal with this. I think it's just a lot of people are afraid of conflict too. And I think that causes a problem where if you avoid conflict, it ends up causing more conflict in the end. Mm -hmm. And they're like, I mean, pick your, choose your battles, but still like, I, I feel like running away from something is never actually dealing emotionally with the problem. Not just like the actual problem itself. Yeah. But like emotionally, you're just like, okay, I'm never going to actually like develop the skills to you know circumvent this whole situation yeah yeah which is important to have like growing up i mean as an adult i mean it's right now as like people in their mid 20s early 20s like yeah we haven't had to deal with all that much stuff sometimes like some of us 
that you don't mm-hmm. have to go through to know all those like coping mechanisms or how to deal with stuff like that. But later on, like you still have your entire life. You're going to run into conflicts that you have to confront eventually. And like better start now to like learn how to do it. Yeah. Do it. Practice on people who don't matter. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> then when it like it's something big, you can just whip it out. Yeah. That's good. Uh, yeah. It was, I find like the more iconic the episode, the better the lessons. And I don't know if it's because we pay more attention or we care more about it, but I definitely think it has an effect. Which is probably why those episodes are more memorable. Mm-hmm. Or at least Maybe one of the reasons. Some subconscious like implanting in our brains. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Anyways, if you want to send us anything or uh, give us any suggestions or comments, you can reach out to us on ismaniespodcast.com or our email at ismaniespodcast at gmail.com. Follow us on all the wonderful social medias Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Also, be sure to share with your friends and enemies. Yeah, thank you guys for listening. But before we go, um, we have a little lesson from Omar on how to talk tough. All right, so if you're ever in a sticky situation and you really want people you know, respect you um, and fear you sometimes, you, uh, you can use this line. You ready? <clears throat> hey, punk.